We'll take it. We'll take it. Okay, so shkayach to the uh, anonymous sponsor for sponsoring breakfast this morning. We shall be with the sponsor with the Komishpachta and the whole Keila, the whole Chevra. Be zaycha to a lichtige month, a lichtige month. All the Yeshuas, all the Nechamas, all the all the Shefa that comes from the uh, the hidden light of Chanukah. Be zaycha to that. Okay, so no, so it is Rishchayish Kislev. So let's make a little bit of Chanukah towards Chanukah. A little bit of Chanukah towards Chanukah. It's never too early. It's certainly on Taivim. It's a little bit too early to talk about Chanukah. It's never too early. So we'll talk about Chanukah a little bit. Okay, so let's begin like this. We're gonna go through a sugya. Topic in Halach, I think it's relatively interesting, and uh, we'll see the Panemius, we'll see where it takes us. Okay, so you have, if you have the Marmakam, it's good. We're not going to be able to go through all of them, it's a lot, a lot of words on the page, but you'll, you'll have it to look through on your own. Okay, so we'll begin like this. In Marmakam number one, we know that Hanukkah is revolving around the redemption of Golos Yavin, the exile of Greece, right? We know there's four exiles. Bavel and Paris and Madai and Yavon and Edom and Rome and so on. And so Hanukkah is all revolving around the exile of Greece. So it's like this. The official beginning of the Greek exile officially is when Alexander the Great sort of took control over Eretz Yisrael. That's really the beginning of, of the exile of Greece. But in that early stage of when Alexander the Great officially, you know, there was no war. He didn't. He didn't uh, conquer Israel militarily, but it was understood we didn't want to start with the Greeks, so we just sort of paid taxes to them and we accepted their sovereignty. But at the time, Alexander the Great had a very good relationship with the Chachamim, and he didn't make make any trouble. The first beginning of really Golis Yavan in earnest, where they started, uh, you know, getting involved in Aranyanim, was a Misa in the Gemara Megillah. The Gemara Megillah, Marmukah number one, is the Gemara Megillah Testament Aleph. Okay. This more is really the beginning of, again, like I said, Golos Yavin, uh, you know, in earnest. The Tanya. So the Gemara records a Brisa. Maisa Betalmi HaMelech. Talmi is one of the Greek kings. In the history books, he's, he goes down as, I think, he goes down as one of the, one of the, uh, the kings of, of Greece that was very, that started, you know, was very intellectual, started spreading education, and he's, and he's known in the history books as creating the, the great library of Alexandria. It's a great, huge library. In those days, that was like a chiddush, to have one place that people could come, access to all books, all uh, you know, knowledge to come and to learn. And that's considered to be a great, a great uh, accomplishment of Talmi HaMelech. But that's what this Gemara is talking about. There was an aspect of this library that was Mamish Golis. So it says like this, Maisa with Talmi HaMelech, there was a Maisa with Talmi the king, Shekines Shivim Ushnaim Zekenim, that when he's creating this library in, in, in Alexandria, in Egypt, so he wants Tanakh to be part of uh, the library. So he gathers together 72 Chachamim, 72 Chachamim of Kalah Yisrael. He doesn't want them to know what's going on with each other. So he gathers 72 Chachamim and puts them in 72 different locations. He doesn't tell them why they're being brought to, uh, to these places. And he goes to each and every one privately. And he says... I want you to translate for me Tanakh, translate for me the Chumash. So they have no choice. It's, uh, they know they can't say no to such a thing. But they also know that there are certain Pesukim in, in Chumash that if translated properly would cause problems for us. So he put an Eitzah in, into each and every one of their minds. And they all translated Tanakh in the same way, and every Pasuk that they came across, that if they translated properly, it would be cause issues, they all had the same idea of translating it a little bit differently. 
And that's the, this is the translation of Tanakh. This is really the beginning of Gaulus Yavin. As we know, everyone knows that the Gaulus Yavin is about uh, the Jewish people, the, the, Yavin infiltrating our camp in terms of corrupting our perspective of Tyra. The Tyra, instead of it being godly and divine, it becomes something human and regular and earthly. And this is the beginning of that, when Tanakh is being translated into Greece, and now it's accessible and it's not just on the shelf, you know, with, uh, with Shakespeare and all the other books over there. So that's the, that's the beginning of Gaulus Yavin. Okay. So we have to understand the significance, though, obviously, of, of the 72 Chacham. What's the scene of 72? Where does this number come from? Where does this number come from? It's just like out of Talmi Yamel's like, hat, he just decides 72 Chacham. What's the number of 72? Okay, so what we're going to do now for the next few minutes is that we're going to learn about how many members were there on the Sanhedrin. <laughs> that's the question. We know like the Sanhedrin is like 70, 71. It's something, that's the number, you know, area that we're revolving around when it comes to the Sanhedrin. So we're going to see, let's, let's talk about that. What numbers, what, what were the number of the Chachamim that sat on the Sanhedrin? And then we'll see maybe how we can get to 72. And then from there we'll see how significant that is when it comes to Hanukkah itself. Okay. So let's begin like this. Because again, the Talmud HaMelech at this time, let's just understand, this is during the times of the second day Sanhedrin. There was a Sanhedrin functioning. And so if you're Talmi HaMelech, right, and you, you don't know much about like Jewish culture, but you know you want to go to the top, you want to go to the great rabbis to get them to translate Torah for you and to put it in your library, where are you going to go to? Go to Sanhedrin. That's the high court. That's the, the, the grand rabbis of the Jewish people. So there was a Sanhedrin functioning. But what's interesting is the number 72. So it's 72. So let's figure out how many members were there on the Sanhedrin. And uh, we'll see if 72 makes sense. Okay. So again, like this. There's a Mishnah in Mesech Sanhedrin. It's the first Mishnah in Sanhedrin. The Mishnah brings down a Machlokes. Okay? The Mishnah says a Machlokes between the Chachamim and Rabbi Yehuda. How many members were, were, were on a Sanhedrin? How, how many people were on the Sanhedrin? How many people sat by Sanhedrin? It's a Machlokes. The Chachamim say 71. Rabbi Yehuda says 70. Chachamim say 71. Rabbi Yehuda says 70. Where is this coming from? So I'll show you where, where it's coming from. So it's a pasuk. Uh, the, sor- the, 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 the source of this issue is coming from a pasuk in Parshas Baalaischa. Okay, in Parshas Baalaischa, Moshe Rabbeinu is feeling overwhelmed by the, the pressure of leading Kali Yisrael by himself. So he says to Rabbi Shalom, "I need help. I need some. I need a, a body of people to help me. Tell me with this." So Hashem So it says it's a pasuk in Baalaischa. Hashem says to Moshe, "Okay, so you're going to form a Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin is going to help you." shivim ish. Gathered together for me, says Hashem, 70 men. From the elders of the Jewish people, that you know them and you trust them, that they're wise, they're chachamim, and they're, uh, you know, leadership, uh, they have leadership qualities. You'll bring them to the oil ma'id, and you'll officially, you know, give them smich over there, as Sanhedrin. And they'll stand with you. That's the Pasuk. So, no, so says Rabbi Yehuda, the Pasuk says, Asli Shivmish. Gathered together 70 men. So says Rabbi Yudas, how many people are on Sanhedrin? 70. That's the number. Us, we Shivmish. Says the Chachamim back, one second. 70. It says, it's true, 70 people. But the end of the Pasuk is, that they'll stand with you. So it's 70 people plus Maisharbein. Maisharbein is also part of the Sanhedrin. So it's 71 altogether. That's the Machlaikis. So the Chachamim say 71 because it's 70 people plus Maisha. That's 71. Rabbi Yudas says, no, 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 it's just 70. What does it mean that they're standing with you? So if you take a look at the Maramukhaimis, so Maramukhaim number three, the Gemara sort of works this out. My time at Again, the Gemara just 
goes through what, what we just mentioned outside. What's the reason for the Chachamim that again hold that the Sanhedrin were made of 71 people, the Amri, Umayshal Gabayim, that they say Maishar Benu was part of the, the numbers of the Sanhedrin. Omar Krak, as the Pasik says, Visyatsu Sham Imach. So it's 70 people that Maisha gathers, but he's gathering them with him. So it's 70 plus 1, that's 71. Imach Vat Badayu, that is with you, and you're a part of them. That's the Chachamim. Rabbi Yehuda really says, no, 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 no. Really, the Sanhedrin was 70. I, what does it mean that they're with Maishar Benu? Imach Mushim Shechina. Says, says, the, says Rabbi Yehuda, that the fact that they were, they were with Maishar Benu doesn't mean that Maishar was a member of the Sanhedrin. The reason why it says that they were with Maisha is because of the next Pasuk. The next Pasuk says, Hashem says, I am going to descend, and I'm going to speak to you. You're going to have a prophetic experience. And the spirit of divinity, the spirit of Ruch HaKadosh that's upon you, is going to then overflow to them. So says Rabbi Yehuda, the reason why Maisha Rabbein had to be there was not because he's officially part of the Sanhedrin. He's not. The Sanhedrin is 70. Why does it say that they were standing with Maisha Rabbeinu? Because in order for the Ruach HaKadosh to go to them, it had to flow from Maisha Rabbeinu. But that was something specific to that time, that we needed the Sanhedrin at that time to be Bali Ruach HaKadosh in the Nevi'im, so it has to flow from Maisha Rabbeinu. So Maisha Rabbeinu has to stand there during the process of their, of their inauguration to be Sanhedrin. But the Sanhedrin is 70 people. So that's the Machlaikis. The Chavim say 71, like I said, because it's 70, including Maisha, it's at 71. And Rabbi Yudas says, no, no, it was just 70 by itself. Maisha Benu happens to be there at that time. He needed to be there to allow the Ruch HaKadosh to come to them, but, but he's not a member of the Sanhedrin. So that's the Machlech, it's fine. It's not 72. <laughs> so at most it's 71. Now we paskin l'halacha like the Chachamah, that the Sanhedrin is 71 people. Okay, fine. That's number one. Now, there is another Gemara, though, that does introduce us to a new idea and sort of a new member of the Sanhedrin, sort of. And it's like this. If you take a look at Maramukam number four. So this is a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Andav Tezayin Amabez. The Gemara says like this, Ton Rabbana. This Brisa is just talking about generally the concept of establishing Sanhedrin and Sanhedrin and establishing courts within Kal Yisrael and a whole system of, of, of judgment. So it says as follows, How do I know that there's a mitzvah to establish a Sanhedrin, to establish uh, courts throughout Kal Yisrael? So Tamil so says the Brisa, it says in Pasuk, Shaiftim Vishaitim Titanlacha. It says it's the beginning of Parsha Shaiftim. There's a mitzvah to establish judges, to establish a Sanhedrin in Yerushalayim, by the base of Megdashim, and have courts that call Yisrael. Okay, fine. Rabbi Yehuda Aimer. Rabbi Yehuda says, Echad Mimun Al Kulam. You should know that when you, ha- you have a Sanhedrin, true, and you have to establish one because it says, Shaiftim Vishaitim Titanlacha. There's a mitzvah to establish a Sanhedrin. It says Rabbi Yehuda, but you should know, Echad Mimun Al Kulam. There has to be one person officially designated to be in charge of the Sanhedrin. Echad mimun al one person sort of in charge of all of that. Shenemar, because it says in Pasuk, shayftem v'shayitrim titein l'cha. Shayt v'shayitrim titein l'cha, judges you should establish for you. And l'cha is singular. What do you mean singular? This is for Kla Yisrael, it should be titein l'chem. Hashem is telling the Jewish people, put upon yourself judges, make a Sanhedrin for all of you. What's the single language of Titein L'chal Yachid? So it means, it's hinting, says Rabbi Yehuda, that when the Sanhedrin, obviously the Sanhedrin is established to lead Kla Yisrael, but there's one person that's really in charge of the Sanhedrin. Echad Mimun al Echad Mimun al So what, what is this new position that Rabbi Yehuda is introducing us to? So it's like this. The, the, the Rishonim and, you know, the, the Ran and Taisus, the whole school of Rishonim explain it, explain it as follows. Again, we saw before that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion was the Sanhedrin were 70, right? Chum said 71, because it's 
in the numbers, it was 70 in the Chumash plus Maisha said 71. And Rabbi Yudah says it's 70. What Rabbi Yudah himself, that's the same Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah is telling us though, is that that's true. The members of Sanhedrin were 70. But besides the actual members of Sanhedrin, you had to have another position, another position that was called, as we'll see in a second, called the Av Bezdin. The Av Bezdin means that he was not officially part of Sanhedrin, but he was the... He, he was the, the president, uh, you know, the, uh, the Rebbe, I don't know. He, he was the one in charge of the, of the Matzav. And he wasn't officially a member to say that he's just one out of the 70. 70, they are the Sanhedrin. And then you have another person outside of that assembly, but he's considered to be the greatest of all of them. And he's called the Av Beznin. That's, that's the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. So if you take a look at... Um, at uh, Maramaka number five, let's say, for example. So Taisvis over there in the Gemara explains, Venir Lefarish. So to explain what is this new position that Rabbi Yehud is introducing us to besides the 70 people, Nir Lefarish, the Echad, Mimun al Kulam, this person that's officially in charge of the Sanhedrin, who Mufla Shabbat this was the greatest of all the Chachamim of the generation, and he's called Av Bezdin. And we find this throughout, throughout Chazal. There's a title, it's called the Av Bezdin. What is that? So again, Taisvis and the Ran, they all explain that this is, this is that person that Rehuda is describing to us, not a member of the Sanhedrin, but sort of on top of them. And his job was to sort of uh, lead. Open, he officially opens the, the discussions. He guides them. He's not officially a part of them, but he's, uh, he's the leader of the Sanhedrin. That's, that's Rehuda's opinion. Now, the discussion then becomes in the Rishayim, okay, this is something, this is a new position that Rabbi Yehuda is letting us know about. Do the Chachamim agree to this position? Does this position of Av Bezdin exist in the world of the Chachamim as well? Or is this only Rabbi Yehuda's opinion? Again, Rabbi Yehuda said 70 people of Sanhedrin, and now he's telling us this other person that's not officially a member, but he's sort of in charge of the whole thing from the outside. Does such a position, does the Av Bezdin position exist in the world of the Chachamim that hold that the Sanhedrin are 71? So to this, there is a machlekes. There is a machlekes. So for example, the Ran holds that such a position does not exist, according to the Chachamim. So in other words, according to the Ran, for example, when you, when you entered into the Sanhedrin's chamber, whether it's Rabbi Yehuda or it's the Chachamim, you're going to see 71 people. According to the Chachamim, it's 71 members of Sanhedrin. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's 70 members of Sanhedrin with one person in charge of the whole thing, the Av Bezin in charge of the whole thing. But at the end of the day, it's 71 people. That's the opinion of, of the Ran. In other words, according to the Chachamim, there is no, everyone is equal. Every single one of the 71 members of the Sanhedrin, they're just members of the Sanhedrin. There is no position of Av Bezdin. That is the opinion of the Ran. Taisus disagrees. Taisus disagrees. Taisus says, no. Although it's Rabbi Yehuda that introduces us to this idea of Echad Mimun Al Kulam, of there being this position of someone in charge of the whole Sanhedrin, of the Av Bezdin, doesn't have to be only Rabbi Yehuda. Says Taisvis, this was a job, this was a position that even the Chachamim agreed to. Meaning, but here's the difference. According to Rabbi Yehuda, this position was someone that was outside of the body of the Sanhedrin. So the Sanhedrin is 70, and you have someone from the outside that's in charge of the whole thing, the Av Bezdin. According to the Chachamim, the, the, 70, the, the 71st member of the Sanhedrin, he is the Av Bezdin. So, so in other words, says Taisvis, that this is the way the Sanhedrin functioned. Everyone agrees, Rabbi Yehuda and the Chacham agree, that there has to be an Av Bezdin, someone in charge. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the person in charge is outside of the actual body of Sanhedrin. So the Sanhedrin is 70, and you have another person sort of in charge, the Av Bezdin, outside of the body of Sanhedrin. Where according to the Chachamim, 
the whole Sanhedrin is 71, and the 71st person, he's officially a member of the Sanhedrin, and he's also the Avbezdin. That's the way, that's the way it works. That's the Shita of Taisus. That's the Shita of Taisus. Okay. But what is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to get to that in a second. So we're going to get the mamish. That's where it's going to lead to right now. Right now, what we have so far is fine. We're introduced to again. We have the Sanhedrin. It's either seventy or seventy-one, and we're introduced to this new position that's called an Av Bezdin. And what is the job of the Av Bezdin? So the Ran and Tysus they explain. It's just the, he's just in charge. He's uh, the president of the of the Sanhedrin. He's the greatest. Elite. He's the greatest mind of the Sanhedrin. And uh, they all look to him for advice, look to him for guidance. He's the, the Av Bezdin. The, and was the Av Bezdin a member of the Sanhedrin or not? Well, okay, so according to, the, according to Rabbi Yehuda, he's outside of the body Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is 70, he's on top of that. And according to Chachamim, he's also a member of the Sanhedrin. That's the 71st member. That's, that's what that is. Okay, fine. Comes the Rambam, and the Rambam agrees to everything we just said. That according to the Chachamim, Let's say, for example, there are 71 members of the Sanhedrin, and the 71st member is this new position. But the Rambam defines for us in a new way what this position was. Until now, what was, what, how did the other Rishonim explain what's his position? He's just in charge. He's the, uh, the president. He's massaged things. He officially has the, bang, the, the what's it called, the gavel, right? So he, you know, that's what he does to get things going, to be massaged things you need, you know. You know, if you have 70 rabbis in one room, it, uh, yeah. it'll get a little... So you, need, you, need, you need someone order in the court. You need yeah. someone to do that. So that's the Avbezin. That's the Avbezin. Comes the Rambam and says, it's true that there is a need for someone to sort of organize the process, but that's not the position that we're talking about. Take a look at Maramukha number 8. Okay, this is the Rambam. The Rambam says like this. Again, it's the beginning of Hilchus and Says the Rambam. Okay, so you get there at Yisrael, you now have to establish a court system. So what's the first court to establish? The Sanhedrin in the base of Mikdash, right? And then from there, you'll make smaller courts throughout Eretz Yisrael, but the first thing to establish is the Sanhedrin. Fine. That's the great Sanhedrin. And how, so now he goes to, okay, so how many members and so on. How many members in the Sanhedrin? 71. He's possibly like the Chachamim. That's what we saw, 71 members. And he quotes the Pasuk, Shinemar, Asli Shiv Mish Mazikna Yisrael. It says in Pasuk, Hashem says to Moshe, gather 70 people, Umaishal Gabayim, and Moshe is among them. So it's 70 plus 1, right? Shinemar Vesyatsu Sham Imach, right? The Pasuk says at the end that they should stand with you. Again, that's, this is all the Chachamim. So 70 plus 1, Harishim Vechat, that's 71. Okay. But now it says around like this Hagodol Bechachma Shabakula. And the greatest of all of them, the 71st, right? The, the, the greatest of all of them. He's officially given the position of being the Rosh, of being the head. So far, it's pretty similar to what we've seen so far. He's the head of the, of the yeshiva, of the assembly of Sanhedrin. There's a term in, in Chazal that you'll find for this person that's called the Nasi. Not to be confused with the Nasi who is like the, the descendant of David HaMelech, of the, it was sort of like the king. That's this, we're talking about the Nasi of the Sanhedrin. And says the Rambam, the job of this person is not just to be the president and to sort of just open in, you know, just to be in charge and to organize things. His job is, I don't know, whatever, the, I don't know what exactly he would do, but he is the rep, he represents as the embodiment of Meishar Rabbeinu. That's his Indian. Now, says the Rambam, that is 
when, the, when Rabbi Yehuda introduced us to this idea of echad mimun al-kulam, of one person being in charge of the whole thing, says the Rambam, that's not just a president in order to organize things, to make sure things are running smoothly. No, 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 no. We're talking about something more mystical. We're talking about a position that is something more, uh, again, more mystical than just the, the, the God by organizing things. We're talking about someone who is the embodiment representing Maishu Rabbeinu. Every, every functional Sanhedrin has to have someone who is the embodiment and, 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 and conduit for Maishu Rabbeinu to, to, for the Sanhedrin to be functional, and that is the 71st person. And that's what Rabbi Yehuda is introducing us to, of Echad Mimun Al-Kulam. It's not just a matter that it's singular. Who is Hashem talking to? It's Vaydabar Hashem Moshe Leymar. That you should establish a Sanhedrin throughout time. Moshe Rabbeinu says, after 120, I'm not here anymore. No, no, no. Every Sanhedrin has to have a piece of you. And that's what this position was. Says the Rambam, besides this position, so number 71 was the, we'll call him the Nasi. He's the Moshe Rabbeinu incarnate of the Sanhedrin. Besides him, says the Rambam, then when you go down the line, the next person up, which is number 70, the greatest, the, the next greatest, Mishnah Laraish, he is the second to this Maish Rabbeinu. The Yoshev Mimina, he sits to the right of the Maish Rabbeinu person. And that's the president. That's the one that's organizing things. So says the Rambam, it's interesting. Really, there's, in terms of, the Rambam agrees, there has to be someone organizing things. You've got to have someone organizing things. And that, that you'll make, you'll establish that. But that's not the Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda of Echad Mimun Al-Kula. The Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda that besides this, that within the Sanhedrin has to be someone on top of all of it, that's not just the person organizing things. That you'll get, that's, that's number 70. But number 71, he's not there for organizational skills. He's there to be a Maishu Rabbeinu. He's there to be a Maishu Rabbeinu. So this is the Chiddush of the Rambam. So how does the Sanhedrin look according to the Rambam? So according to the Rambam, you enter into the Sanhedrin's chambers and you'll see 71 people. But within the 71 people, there's all different positions. The, the, 70, the, the, the 70 members of the Sanhedrin, from the lowest till number 70, they are the members of the Sanhedrin. Obviously, they're paskening, they're dealing with cases and so on. And number 70, 1 to 69 are the regular members of the Sanhedrin, right? Number 70 is officially the one that's being massaged with things. So he'll decide what cases to talk about today. He'll, he'll make sure that everyone's, you know, no one's talking over each other. He's organizing things. But then you have number 71, who's also a member of the Sanhedrin. But that 71st person, it technically in votes, he'll have the same vote as everyone else. Everyone has the same vote. But his Indian is something, he's the Bechinus Maisha. He's the Bechinus Maisha. And that's what defines the Sanhedrin as something altogether different, is that you have someone in the members of the Sanhedrin, the number 71, that's Bechinus Maisha. Okay. But altogether, it's 71. That's what you have. Okay. Comes the Rashash. Now, this is not the Rashash that I usually quote. Okay. Not the Sarah's Rashash. Go back to Yeshiva days. This is the Rashash in the back of the Gemara. Okay. The Ashkenazi. Uh, yeah, so, so fine. So it's going to be a little bit easier to read. A little bit. So the Rashash in Sanhedrin, Tezayin and Mabes. Okay. So the Rashash in Sanhedrin comes up with the Chiddush. And it's, it's an amazing thing. It's a historical Chiddush. And it's hard to prove or disprove, but this is his theory. And Ataka, it's interesting. In Pirkei Avis, so Pirkei Avis goes through the history of Christ, right? So Moshe Rabbeinu receives the Torah, Yeshua Benun, right? And Yeshua to Zakanim and the Nevi'im, to eventually that takes you all the way to the end of the first base of Migdash, the Nevi'im 
were throughout the first base of Migdash. And after the first base of Migdash, then the, the, the leadership was Anshik Nesak Daila, a group of 120 Chachamim. And eventually they died out. And then you move on to, let's say, Shimon HaTzadik was the Mishnah says, Shiyare Anshik he's the last, me- one of the last members of the Anshik Nesak Daila. Then it goes on to Antignas Ish Saichai, a, a student of Shimon HaTzadik, and so on. And then you move, so now we're holding already in the middle of the second base of Migdash. And then the Mishnah in Perkyavis introduces us to a new group of people called the Zugais, the pairs, the pairs. And all of a sudden you have, for the first time, instead of just one leader, right, telling us what he feels, you know, and so on, all of a sudden now you have Yaisi ben Yoichanan and Yaisi ben Yezer are now leading the Jewish people, pairs. And you have pairs, it's called the Zugais. What's going on over here? Says the Rashash like this. Based on the Rambam, let's go back. What did the Rambam say? You have a Sanhedrin, and it's 71 members, but the number 71, that person, is Moshe Rabbein. Says the Rashash, that by the times, some point during the second base of Migdash, that position of 71, which was Moshe, was divided in two. And you had two people representing Moshe. One person representing Moshe, that was number 71, and he was officially a member of the Sanhedrin, and he had a vote. But then you also had sort of that Maisha Rabbeinu personality split in two. And you had a second person that was not officially part of Sanhedrin, because Sanhedrin is supposed to be only 71 people at most, but he was there. He was there, and he was residing over all of them. <coughs> and so at, th- at, this, at some point during the second base of this decision was made that the person representing Maisha, that until now was one person and number 71 of Sanhedrin, now cut him in two. And there's going to be one person representing Moshe as a member of the Sanhedrin, number 71. But there's another person representing Moshe outside of the 71 and residing over all of them, number 72. And number 72 is not officially part of the Sanhedrin, but he's there. Says, says the Rashash, this was introduced during the second Beis Hamikdash, and this is what the Zugais are. The Zugais were these pairs where now, until now, you only had one person representing Moshe in the functional Sanhedrin, number 71, but now that position was divided in two. You had one person representing Moshe as a member of Sanhedrin, number 71, and you had another person representing Moshe as number 72, residing over the whole thing. Now that 72, that person 72, doesn't get a vote. He's not officially part of the Sanhedrin, because again, according to the Chachamim, Sanhedrin has to be 71, and we don't have any reason, any sources to allow us to add more members to that functional body. But you did have this person residing over all of them. And so, says the Rashash in Unbelievable Chiddush, historically, this is the way it was, is that in order for the Sanhedrin to function halachically, you didn't necessarily need that 72nd person. But for big decisions and national, you know, uh, national security in Yonim, then they would bring that 72nd person on board. Again, he wouldn't officially have a vote, because the vote is only 71, but he would preside over it. The Rashash says this is why you'll find in a number of Gemaras, it's just brilliant how he does this, that throughout Shas, you'll find that very often there are certain decisions that the Sanhedrin would make, and the Gemara says in a couple places that you need the Nasi there. You need the Nasi there. Like, for example, the, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that when the Sanhedrin would sanctify the new moon, which is a, a national decision, when Rosh Chaydish is, when Yontif is, that's a, big, that's a big deal. That's not just dealing with a particular case of Reuven against Shimon, that's a, a national Indian. So says the, Mish, says the Gemara, when a national Indian is there, you have to make sure the Nasi is present. What Nasi, what does that mean? Says Rashash, what the Gemara is referring to is that 72nd person. Because although technically, halachically, a Sanhedrin can function with 71, 
But once we divided up that position of Maisha, and half of that position sort of is within the body of Sanhedrin, as number 71, but half of it is outside as a 72nd person, that person better be there when you're dealing with big decisions. That's what Rashash says. <coughs> now based on this, let, let, let's, let's see together. Marmaka number 9, start from, let's see, the third line. Okay? The third line. V'ulai, says Rashash, when did this split take place? This began This took place during that time of the Zugais. That's what this, that's what the pairs are. These are two people that are both sharing the position of being Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what he says. Shem That's the beginning of these of the kuf of pairs, which is during the times of somewhere in the middle of the second base of Migdash. But before that period, Antignois or Shimratzadik, There was no such idea of having pairs. He had one person who's the Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's it. All of a sudden, at this point of Zugais, that position of Maisha divides in two. Okay, that's ready now for us. Says Rashash, now let's go back to that story of Talmi HaMelech. Talmi HaMelech wants, tra- wants to translate Tanakh. So who's he going to go to? He's going to go to the greatest, the greatest body of Torah in the world, which is the Sanhedrin. And what does he do? Says the Gemara, 72 people, and he gathers them in room. 72? What are you talking about? 72? The Chavim said at most, it's 71. Where are you getting 72 from? Says Rashash. This is the Tkufa of the Zugais already. And the position of Maishar Rabbeinu was divided in two. Talmi Amalek doesn't hop who's officially a member, who's not. He goes into the chamber and he sees 72 people. Yeah. So they're all, okay, so I'm going to take all of you and uh, spread you in 72 hotels and, and I'll tell you what I want. But that's where the number 72 comes from. Says the Rashash, Shapir, this explains, Maishar the Talmi Amalek, the story of Talmi, Shakonas Ayin Bezakanim. That gathered together seventy-two chachamim. The pasha deim sanedrin agada. Obviously, if he's if you're Talmud Melch, you're going to the sanedrin. So kimehem teitzei tayra. So where's seventy-two coming from? So says Rashash. That's the point. Asli karabanan. The Gemara and Talmud Melch is assuming like the chachamim that it was seventy-one, but that seventy-one, like the Rambam, was a Moshe Rabbeinu personality, and that position was split in two by the Zugais, and now you have all together seventy-two people. The chain had the perak alf tzvachim, and so too there's a Gemara in tzvachim, the perak gimel diyadaim, another mission in yadaim that records certain halachas, and the and the Mishnah says in tzvachim and in yadaim mepi shnayim v'shivim zakin that this halacha was heard from the mouth of the seventy-two zakenim. What's 72? What are you told? Where is this number coming from? Says, says Rashash, this is what's going on. Okay. Now, the Rashash doesn't, doesn't explain. We're going to go very quickly now. The Rashash doesn't explain. So, what's the idea over here? Like, what, what is, what, first of all, why are you splitting up Maisha in two? Right? Why Dafka now? And, and, and so, what does that mean? Like, what, in other, it, what about Maisha is able to be split up in two? Like, what's going on over here? Okay. So, it's like this. When we think of Maisha Abenu, so. Maisha Rabbeinu was certainly the greatest Navi of all time. But his last name was Rabbeinu, right? So besides being a Navi, he's also the greatest Tamar Chachim of all time. And the truth is, when you, when you, when you, in the Rishonim, for example, in the Rambam, we find that Maisha Rabbeinu was unique, both in terms of him being the beginning and the root of all prophetic experience, but he's also the root and the beginning of all Torah learning experiences. So, for example, when it comes to prophecy, there's a sugi by itself, but no, a person cannot become a navi on their own. Not only, it's not just a matter of a lack of like information. You know, it's not. You have to receive nevuah from a rebbe. You have to receive nevuah from a grand navi. And so, the chain of neviim had to go back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was not just the fir- the greatest of neviim of all time. He is the source of nevuah. 
any Navi that is ever possible throughout time is only because he's he part of that chain that goes back to Nishmas Moshe, goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu as Navi is the root of all Navua. But Moshe Rabbeinu as Tamar Chacham is also the root of all Tamar Chacham in the world. For example, there's a Gemara in a few places that says, it's, it's specifically with Abayi and Rav, it's interesting. The Gemara says in a couple of places that Abayi said of art, and Rav was impressed by that, and Rav said to Abayi, Moshe, Shaper Kamrit. Moshe, he said very good. Moshe. His name is Abayi, what are you talking about? So Rashi says in the Gemara, that was a nickname, when someone said a Gishmak of art, the nickname was Moshe. So, I mean, so it's interesting because in all, it's, it's well known that in all of Tama Bavli, Yushalmi, there is no Amayur that's called by the name Moshe. But it was a nickname going on. So the Rizal, the Tzadikim say that this is not just a nickname. Just as the Shef of Nevua flows from Moshe Rabbeinu down, so too the Shef of Chachm of Torah also flows from Moshe Rabbeinu down. And in order to say a, a true Vart in Torah, you have to be Makusher, there has to be a Heskashus, a, 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 a chain that connects you to Moshe Rabbeinu. And the soul of Moshe Rabbeinu you have to be connected to as well. And so this is, so Moshe Rabbeinu functions in two, he, Moshe Rabbeinu is the origin of two things. He is the origin of prophetic experiences, and he's the origin of intellect, of Tarsh Balpeh, of Tarsh Balpeh. That's why you'll find, it's, again, I'm not going to go through all the Pratim over here, but in Ramakim number 10, there's a Chiddush from the Rambam. The Rambam says, it's a Mardik Chiddush, in, in, the, in his introduction to, to his commentary to Mishnayis, the Rambam says the following idea. We know that if a rabbi or even a Sanhedrin, you know, says a, a certain psaq, theoretically, you could have other rabbis disagree. Okay. And even if you have a generation where there was a certain decision made in halacha, a future generation, again, within, if they meet certain criteria, are able to disagree. That's machlekes, we find such a thing. It says the Ramachidosh. But if Moshe Rabbeinu made a decision, not as Navi, I'm not talking about as Navi. He made a decision as Rabbeinu. He made a decision as a Rebbe, as a Rav, as a, as a Chacham. He took off his Navi hat and he put on his, uh, you know, his Rabbi hat. At that moment, if it was a decision made by Moshe, it cannot be disagreed upon. Even, uh, not even We're talking about, not, see, Halacha Meshmissinai, we know of that. It was something that Hashem told Moshe, that's what it is. So of course there's no Machlechus about that. We're talking about something else. We're talking about a drasha that Moshe Rabbeinu made himself as a, as a person, not, to, not as a Halacha Meshmissinai. Him himself, he's making, he's making a certain Halacha, he's developing a certain idea, it's now untouchable. So Moshe Rabbeinu is untouchable as Navi, and he's untouchable as Chacham. And so these are the two, the two sources of, 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 of the, the two inyanim in the world, Nevuah and Torah, and Tarsh Balpeh, you know, understanding of halacha that ultimately flow from Moshe Rabbeinu. Here's the tragedy that took place by the times of the second base of Migdash, and this is in earnest the beginning of Golos Yavan. Is that all of a sudden there's a divide between the prophetic experience and actually learning halacha and learning Torah. <laughs> what does it mean, we said in the beginning, what does it mean to split Moshe Rabbeinu in two? What, like what, what, what aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu is able to be split? The answer is, there are two sides to Moshe. There's Moshe Rabbeinu who is the source of divine revelation, Nevuah and Ruch HaKadosh. And then there's Moshe Rabbeinu who is the source of learning Torah and understanding Halacha and developing new ideas in Chedushim. And the tragedy of the second base of Migdash was that that was split in two. Before the second base of Migdash, there's no such thing to divide those two, those two different things. So take a look at Maramukkah number 11. We'll explain like this. This is a piece from Rav Tzaddik, Okay, Rav Tzaddik writes in Sefer Machshav Eschoretz. 
He says like this. I'll tell you outside, then we'll see inside together a little bit. Says Ratzadik, in our world, what it looks like to us is that there's a very big difference between Vaidabra Hashem and Moshe Leimer and what Moshe Feinstein is sitting, you know, and, and passing a Shiloh. Vaidabra Hashem and Moshe Leimer, a Nevuah, that's Dvar Hashem. That's the word of God. No, when Moshe Feinstein is sitting down and figuring out the halacha, he's brilliant and he's learned and he's trustworthy and he's honest, but it's not a divine revelation. That's Moshe, that's, that's Moshe Feinstein coming up with something. Says Rav Tzaddik, that's all as a result of splitting Moshe in two. That mistaken assumption that when Ramesha Feinstein is coming up with a halacha, that's not a divine revelation of Nevuah and Ruch HaKadosh, that's because of the Zugais. That's because at some point in the second base Amigdash, the Jewish people no longer felt the truth, which is that within Tarsh Peh, in the mind of the Chachamim and the mind of Chazal, it's the Dvar Hashem talking, it's Hashem speaking through them. Just during the time with Navua, it's an open revelation, and with Tarish Palpeh, it's a hidden revelation. The times of the second base Amigdash, this became not so clear, and because of that, Moshe Rabbeinu's position was split in two. And yet, one person representing Moshe as the Navi, and that's, you know, that's, uh, that's the Agata to Gemaras, right? And then you have the other person representing Moshe as the Tamar Chacham, and that's the Lamdash Gemaras, as if it's like two separate gods, as if it's two separate people. That's a tragedy. That's a result. That, that, that is the beginning of the exile of Greece. You understand? Talmud HaMelech specifically is the one to take 72 members and to translate Tanakh. Because his ability to translate Tanakh and to chas v'shalom take the, the, the knowledge of Torah and look at it as no different than a novel on the shelf of his, uh, of his library in Alexandria is because the Sanhedrin were 72 members. Because it's 72 and the person representing Moshe, the source of knowledge of Torah, is different than the person representing Moshe as a source of divine revelation of Torah. So now you could theoretically have a situation of where the Torah is sitting on a shelf next to, uh, you know, next to a science book or next to you know, a novel, whatever. It's all, it's all as a result of this. This is, this is a tragedy of the second base of Migdash. This is exactly the four... The, 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 this, is, this is what eventually would, would deteriorate to the situation of Hanukkah, where you literally had uh, Yidden that... Were, that, that, that were Hellenized and started going off the derech. Why? Because the Yiddishkeit was completely drained of all of its divinity, understand? It was, div- it was drained of all of its elokus, of all of its revelation aspect. Everything in learning was just purely the, the, the chokhmah side of things. And if you want to have a Nevo experience, then you have to go to like a Karbach minion or something. And like, it, like there's no Yichud, there's no Tzirf between the two. As if God cannot be found in a black Gemara, and the only place you could find God is, is, is somewhere else. Like, th- this is a tragedy. This is exactly what went wrong during the times of the second base of Migdash to lead to such a deterioration where the Jewish people looked at Yiddishkeit as dry bones, mamish dry bones. That, that was the very good. Ah, so the Rebbeinu Shalom is always working behind the scenes. Very good, Rebbeinu Shalom. Shalom is always working behind the scenes. So the number seventy-two, and we're going to end with this. The number seventy-two, until now, is a tragic number. It's not a tragic number. Seventy-two represents the divide between body and soul of Tyra. It means that now the halacha of Tyra is looked at as dry, human, and uh, and, and 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 without any real depth. And then you could have, yeah, there's such a thing as prophecy, but that's, you know, it's ancient history. 
Number 72 represents this divide. But 72 is also a very powerful number. The name Yud Kevavke, it's one of the Shemus Akdashim, the name of 72. The name Yud Kevavke, which is the name of the Rabbani Shalom. There's different ways, I'm not going to bog you down with this, but there's different ways to manipulate that name. If you, if you take the, again, Yud Kevavke is four letters, Yud Kevavke. But if each letter, if you spell it in full, Yud Vavdalit is Yud, right? So there's different ways how to, how to make that name because the letter Hey and the letter Vav, you can spell it with all different letters. Hey can be spelled Hey Aleph, Hey Hey, or Hey Yud. Vav could also. Vav can be Vav Vav. It can be Vav Aleph Vav, or it can be Vav Yud Vav. The deepest permutation, the deepest combination of the name Havaya is when you're filling it in with the Yuds. Yud is the deepest of letters. Yud is the root of all letters, right? If you put up, like I mentioned previously, if you put a, a pen to a paper and you want to write a Dalit, when you put the pen to the paper, you first wrote a Yud, right? When you put that, that little dot, that's already a Yud. Now you want to make it into a Dalit, an Aleph, a Gim, you do whatever you want, but it starts with a Yud. Yud represents the beginning, the ratios, the root of all things. It's the deepest of all letters. If you take the, yud, the name Yud Kevavka, which is deepest of all the Shem Sektashim, and you fill it with the letters Yud, so it's Yud Vav Dalit, and then hey is hey yud, and vav is vav yud vav, and the final hey is hey yud. If you add up the gematria of all of that, it equals seventy-two. So seventy-two, ironically, is a name that maybe on the outside might represent this this division of like body and soul is separate, and Torah doesn't have the the, the 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 doesn't seem to have the prophetic experience as it used to. But the truth is, the truth is that the name seventy-two is 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 guaranteeing that in that chayzach, in that darkness, in that brokenness, azugais, in that place of where Tyra, Moshe Rabbeinu split in two, but you should know, behind the scenes, behind the scenes, it's the name Havaya, and the letter Yud, the name Havaya, that's, gov- that's, that's making sure things stay holy. It's making sure things stay holy, and things still stay pure. And so, Mamash, like Shlomo said, these 72 Chachamim that are the, the representatives of the breakdown of Tyra, how, how the, the seichel, the intellect of Tyra, is now divided from the soul of Tyra and are now being told to translate all of Tanakh in each, in each room. But says the Gemara, like, like Shlomo mentioned, Mamash Apella, that each one of them had Mamash Ruach HaKadosh to make the same changes that every single one of them did. So in that moment, Mamash, in that moment, which is the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the moment that represents everything that's wrong with the name 72, behind the scenes there's unbelievable Ruch HaKadosh in place, guaranteeing, show, like Hashem winking to us, that, by the way, you're not going anywhere. Like, it, the, the Torah cannot be divided. It's all ultimately remaining under my auspices. That's why the word Kaidesh, which means holy, Neres Halolo Kaidesh, and we sang the, before, and that's what Hanukkah is about, that the nearest are holy. The word Kaidesh, is connected to the name 72. Why? <coughs> if you take if you, the, the name Yud Kivavke, as I said, when you divide, when you make it into full of Yuds, so altogether there's four Yuds. There's four Yuds. Yud, Vav Dalad, that's one. Hey Yud, Vav Yud Vav, and Hey Yud. So that's four Yuds. So the, the word Kaidish is what? Yud Kaidish is, is, uh, is uh, Kuf and Shin, that's 400, and plus a Dalad is four. So the word Kaidish, rep- is, the, the Rizal says, is, is a reflection of that name of Yud Kevavke, Bemila Yudin, that's filled with Yuds, which are four Yuds, and each Yud is, is, is complete, which means it's times itself. So it's 400 
coming from four yuds. The word Kaidish is the embodiment of this Indian of the name Havaya with Mila Yudin, which is 72. And so Haneris Alola Kaidishem. Means that the Yantav of Hanukkah is a, is, 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 is a revelation that even when a person is in that place of 72, where the Torah, the, 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 the information of the Nigla of Torah seems to you and you're experiencing it as if it's divided from the Dvar Hashem, you should know. The, the, letter, the, the name Havai of Ayin Beis of 72, which is with the four Yuds, which is Kaidesh is ultimately behind the scenes running the show. And as much as you can you could as much as it feels as Chachmas Hatira and knowledge of Tyra is earthly and Greek and separate, it's impossible. It's the, the number 72, which itself represents the breakdown of of, of Tyra in these in the, from the body and soul, is itself the deepest number that represents Hashem's essence of Yudkivavke. And so no Hashem should help us as we go into the Hanukkah, we should be Zakhtim ourselves, that whatever you're doing as earthly as it might seem, whatever you're learning as earthly as it might seem, is mamish, it's mamish, we to experience that and to feel that.